You're listening to the Midwest Marketing Orange Hour podcast with your host, Brett Matice. Okay, so before we start, we talked about this. I said that obviously this is the Midwest Marketing's Orange Hour podcast, and we're marketing-centered. However, we've never had one where we've just totally hammered home marketing, which leads me into the person that came here today who's a great person to talk about marketing and all the depths of it. Joining me is... Hi, I'm Beth Hoddle. I'm marketing manager with Cadel Thorstensen LLP. Awesome. So, have you been in marketing for a long time? For the people that don't know you, is it like you know a career long thing? Have you been at Cadel this long? What's the kind of the background in your history of marketing world? Yeah, I. Um, it feels like I've done marketing <laughs> all my life. Like it's in my blood. It's twenty four seven. Um, but that's because I love it and I'm passionate about it. It's fun. I enjoy it. Um, but I uh, actually started in art and kind of transitioned into uh, agency work and then did some business development and now back kind of focusing on the, the marketing um, at KT. And I've been there for seven years. Awesome. So for people not from the Black Hills area, KT mm-hmm. is a... a accounting firm and you guys do a whole lot more than that so you can give people just like kind of the brief rundown of where you're at right now sure we're a multi-site regional accounting and consulting firm um, and we do all aspects of tax audit bookkeeping valuation business consulting uh, so we're the we're a one-stop shop uh, we've got over 55 certified public accountants and enrolled agents on staff um, we have a 17-member partner group, so we have a lot of knowledge um, in all of those areas, and um, we are fun to work with. We break that stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we break that stereotype of um, humdrum um, CPA or accountant. Yes, that is kind of the stereotype out there, isn't it? It's just like, I don't know why accountants got stuck with that stereotype, right. but they just did. I think you got the short end of the stick with them, accountants. There. Yeah, them and engineers. And um, yeah, our CPAs are a lot of fun. I mean, we do all kinds of activities out in the community, um, you know, pumpkin carving for Halloween and dressing up in costumes. Um, so it, we do a lot of activities that... Um, I think really dispel that myth. I agree a hundred percent. So you, as you said, are the marketing manager manager there at KT has, you know, when you were deciding what you wanted to do as an adult, mm-hmm. was it like marketing was just, this is what I'm doing. I know for a hundred percent fact that I'm very interested in this, or was it kind of the windy road that led you to where you are today? Well, funny story. So my mom, um, my mom and my dad have always been my biggest fans and supporters Um, My mom signed me up for an art class when I was in fourth grade. And I had dabbled, you know, draw. I enjoyed drawing. And um, uh, my my parents were always, um, you know, interested in the arts and supportive in that way. So it was it was much, you know, surrounded our house of of um, not just artwork, but appreciation for music and and the arts. Um, so she signed me up for an art class and that was, we were living in Arizona at the time. So, 
um, that class was at Arizona State University, and I thought that was really cool because here a little fourth grader going on to the um, campus, university campus, and it was awesome. I was I was in my element, and and I was hooked from there. Um, so that really really led my path uh, into college. Um, my the high school that I went to in Philadelphia actually had an art major um, at a really, high school. that's very different yeah. than my high school. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a preparedness for college in that regard that you were really um, putting your um, portfolio together and, and, and getting kind of a head step um, um, as far as the, that, as far as that focus was. But it was really interesting um, transitioning into college and that time, um, you know, that graphic design was really being born. Yes, it was, <laughs> that was like the heyday where things were advancing very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So this was, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And um, I initially really thought I was, I had a dual major of art and education. I thought I would be an art teacher. Oh, for uh, sure. My parents were educators. So I, that really appealed to me. Um, and I also have always been interested in psychology. So art therapy was really coming on the scene as well. So I really thought I was going to go in that direction. Um, and then ended up dropping the education. Wasn't <laughs> some of the professors didn't really like <laughs> that yep, type I of scenario. <laughs> um, and yeah, and graphic design was blooming. And I was like, hey, this is this is really cool. So um, eventually led that that direction as well as um, all the fine arts that came with that. But had business classes and of course um, marketing and that that whole um, idea really appealed to me because it really pulled in the visual aspects, which I've know that I've always been a visual learner, um, and so the appreciation for good design I think is <laughs> has always been there. So pulling in those aspects of of good design, um, but also the psychology of how that impacts people, how they react to it. Um, and I think those are all, you know, fundamental elements of marketing. Yeah, I totally agree. Even on the most basic level of yellow and red make people hungry. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's so yeah, basically it's, human instinct with just like that right. design type stuff. Yeah, Which absolutely. of course that's very basic and it can go very much more in depth. Sure. But uh, so you talked about your time in college when mm -hmm. I like to claim that I'm recently out of college. I don't know how much longer I can claim that for, but I'm going to hold on to it. Um, it was like a really buzzy major. Like if you were at my school, you were either an athletic training major or you were a marketing major. Like it's just like a very popular thing. Was that the same way with you when you were in college? Have you noticed maybe like ebbs and flows where it's, you know, a couple of years it's marketing's really, really hot and then it goes down? And what do you think causes that, you know, buzziness around marketing? Well, it's interesting from the, the, that you bring up the education side because I'm a daughter of a college president, um, and and he was in higher ed for um, so many years. So I've always been tuned into um, that level of education. Like it was understood that we would go to college. Like there was never a thought you would not I agree. have same, continuing same education. So that was kind of ingrained in in our family. Um, and, and so I've, it's always been of interest of me, 
you know, the trends in industries. And of course, working at KT, we watch that so closely because there's such a need for accounting students. So I had to make that plug right now, throw that. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> accounting is an awesome industry. <laughs> and there is a big need. So um, there's so many opportunities there that um, what's nice is to have a degree that where you could go anywhere and truly get a job and make an impact. Um, so marketing, it seemed to, to be, um, at the time that I was in college, was, you know, was very fluffy. Um, there, to, to those that weren't in the industry, probably a perception of, you know, what do they really do? <laughs> Mm-hmm. You yep. know, you design an ad, so what? You know, so there was some some fluff to it. And so the fact that, um, you know, I had interest in that and was also an artist, then I was kind of like, you know, in that super out there category. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and what's been great is um, in my career, and again, having parents in education, I knew that we were lifelong learners. And that foundation has served me well because all of the changes that we've seen in our industry in the last 25 years. Um, you know, when, when I started, graphic design was, you know, still, still growing. We really hadn't mastered the digital printing. You know, we didn't have email. We didn't have social media, didn't have cell phones. So you, so you start to think of all those things, all those changes um, throughout the, the years and having to be able to pivot and learn um, truly on the fly uh, to accommodate and be, you know, successful um, within that industry. Yeah. So I, I think marketing is, you know, is always kind of the sexy pick. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Um, because it's visual, because it's tied to entertainment, I think it'll always be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I've always said that I think marketing has really good PR for themselves. Yeah. It's like marketing's fun, and marketing knows that marketing is fun. Yeah. And so when you say to a college student, like, what do you want to do the rest of your life? Do you want to have fun? Like, of course they want to have fun. <laughs> so I think that's a, a big thing is, yeah, if, like you can come and, you know, you get to do cool things with social media and you get to do cool things with graphic design on your computer it's like people enjoy that aspect of it I think and that's yeah, what I think cool. it becomes but yeah it's a cool thing to do well and and truly I think you know in the last few years we have a lot more street cred yes I agree and and that's because you know the whole digital marketing aspect you know being able to get instant results and ROI um and having so much access to so much data that we you know, didn't have before to help make informed decisions about that strategic process that now you have all this science and math that, <laughs> that goes along with it that, um, you know, I, it's, I think it's a, a photo that I have at the top of my LinkedIn page and it says um, part artist, part scientist. And, and, you know, it, it's even more than that, you know, because you're, you're really figuring out planning and strategies and, and goals and 
um, analysis of data um, and the psychology of the sale. So you really have to be someone that can pull from a, a larger skill set and enjoy pulling all of those pieces together. So, yeah, I think in the last, you know, 10 plus years that, that people are understanding more that there's, um, there's methodology um, and that there's data to, to, you know, back up the pretty picture. Exactly. I think the speaking, the last thing I'll say on the in-depth data part is like if you show someone a Google Analytics report, mm-hmm. which for most marketers is like a very, you know, a report you pull quite often. Mm-hmm and you show someone who's never seen that before, they're like, no way. They're like, this is unbelievable that you can track all of this stuff just from you know Google Analytics. And I think that's where that street cred comes in. It's like, we have validity and we can prove what we do, we're doing is like very effective when done right. And of course, when you work for accountants like me, it's super ha- uh, helpful to have all that data. Hard data, yes. Yeah, because <laughs> the numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> so we, we can relate to each other in that way. Um, you know, they appreciate the, the numbers and the data, and so do I. Yeah, exactly. So as we kind of transition a little bit, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this. Um, but as people in the advertising community know, there's a thing called AAF, um, and there's national AAF, and then there's regional and you know AAF memberships and, and clubs and, and other things. I'm not sure if I'm using the right vernacular there. Um, but can you touch a little bit on the history of the Black Hills American Advertising Federation and how that kind of came to be and went and came back again? Yeah, so the American Advertising Federation, um, they have 225 Um, professional chapters across the country, and I think 200 college chapters. Uh, And it's the only national association that um, represents all segments of advertising. And so in the Black Hills, the creative community here started the Black Hills chapter back in 1981. And as as all associations and, and membership organizations go, you have ebbs and flows, and uh, I've been involved with them for the last seven years um, and have had various r- roles, have been on the board and board president and, and um, membership and sponsorship, you know, uh, committees and that type of thing. Um, and so we got to the point back in 2015, 2016, that membership was just declining um, for whatever reason, and um, unfortunately, during my reign <laughs> <laughs> as president, uh, it was December of 2016, um, we were down to a dozen members, and um, you know, the challenge with that is you just can't execute programming and um, raise funds and, and do all the things that the association does without members um, to to help do the task, but also be a part of it. And we had been upwards in, you know, 50, 60, 70 members. So that was, you know, that was really eye-opening. It was a big hurt. Um, So, you know, my part in that was just the rally cry to, to current members, to past members, to the creative community at large, to say, listen, you know, we're at a crossroads here. We're really 
at a fork in the road and we, we're gonna either dissolve or we need everyone to put their rally caps on and let's swoop in and save this thing. And to the credit of the Black Hills creative community, they said, we can't have this go away. Um, and it took the effort of many. I can't list everyone <laughs> uh, in, in this. That, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be fair, um, but there were, there were obviously some pivotal people that um, stepped in and said, no, we, we can't have, you know, we already have this legacy um, of this chapter. And if that chapter had gone away, then we would have to, um, the only next closest chapter would be Sioux Falls. Um, and how do you feel about that, being exactly. part of member of the Sioux Falls um, chapter? No, we want our, you know, we want our own. So to the credit um, of everyone here and our community that had been involved previously, um, you know, just got re-energized and, um, you know, formed a plan and, and um, brought back membership up that next year to 70 plus. That's a huge jump. It's I mean. a huge <laughs> jump. It's a huge jump. And as you know, that takes the hands of many to say, we want this. <laughs> We're not going to let it go away. Um, so that was just amazing and awesome to see. Um, and, and really just warmed my heart that, you know, hey, this, it, we need this. And, and people understand the value um, and the camaraderie and to have something that's our own. Yep, exactly. And obviously, uh, Beth is very humble, um, and she's obviously still uh, here and involved in AdFed here at Midwest Marketing. We are involved at AdFed in a couple different ways and forms. And uh, the American Advertising Federation chapters, they give out a silver medal award every single year for someone who does excellence in advertising in the in the area and has made a, a astounding impact. And Beth is actually the 2020 AAF silver medal winner, which is an awesome honor. And it's like an said, amazing, it's an amazing honor. And I'm like, I'm not old enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> I joke with people, you know, usually I feel like it's a lifetime achievement award. Wait a minute, guys, I'm not that old. Um, Don Claymore, of course, with Midwest Marketing, um, is a past recipient. So I'm in amazing company in that regard. And of course, shout out to Megan Bettine because she's been, she has been instrumental um, and and had a direct hand in that um, number of members climbing up. She worked tirelessly and and talking with people and and um, explaining the value of AdFed and why they need to be involved, and it resonated. So Yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. Um, if you haven't already or you're not a member, <laughs> maybe check out AdFed. We have, you know, obviously in the time here of, of coronavirus, we don't have as much, uh, you know, in-person stuff going on right now, but we just had a, a online webinar with an awesome graphic designer. Um, and so you can come and check that stuff out, sign up on the website for, for email updates and, and everything. But Anyway, moving on a little bit, um, we always get asked a lot of, of questions in marketing from either customers, clients, all sorts of stuff. One of the most difficult questions that I personally just struggle and really struggle bus answering is when I'm at Thanksgiving, 
or Christmas, and one of my uncles who has no clue what marketing is, and not saying bad on him, because I probably don't know what in the world he does either. It's not his fault. It's, it's your job to educate him. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you answer the question, so what do you do again? What like That is, a to someone who has, doesn't have that baseline knowledge of marketing, how do you answer, what do you do again? I help you identify opportunities, plan and execute strategies to drive bottom line growth and build deeper, longer lasting relationships with your clients. I'm going to need to memorize that one. Do you like that? Yeah, it's great. Get out your 30 second elevator speech. (laughs) Yeah, short to the point, easy, because I usually fumble through it. And then by the end, people are more confused than when we started. And so sometimes with those elevator speeches, People focus on the products and services that they have to offer. And that's not the true value in or what people are looking for. It really, you want to focus on the outcome. Why is someone coming to you? If they're coming to you, Brett, for Midwest marketing and they need marketing help, maybe their pain is they don't know how to put together a marketing budget. What does that well, look it, like? It's what should I include? What know, what numbers should I be thinking about? You know, for that, for each media, um, all you know, these desk things that to sprinkle on the situation and wheelhouse. And so the better, value it, to them is your expertise in, um, in knowing but, those know, details and making suggestions um, and, and consulting never with them. Back to so you want to focus on that outcome. You know, hey, I'm not just placing media for you. Different. That's going to drive growth. It's the you're going to drive growth. So I would just. Um, so it's focusing on those tell outcomes people to be and those compassionate. So talk um, in their your elevator speech really needs to be and in their actions on um, that value prior to the, COVID. You know, we've really result. seen a surge. Absolutely. So I always say, especially for embracing B2C and companies, um, need to be marketing can get that bad rap where it's like, oh, an, another ad, you know, another ad. Mm-hmm. It's like and, it's, we're not trying in this day and age. If we're was, doing our jobs, right, we're not you know, trying it, to be it, another ad. It was easy to do for a lot of people. We're trying to say, hey. We and got the a nice sale thing going about on that on cars. was cars are expensive. We want um, to save you money. Or hey, Chris Stapleton's coming to town. He's got a concert coming up. You guys might tell. It. It's like we're just right away. Let you know if and you be helpful to you and be like were or trying were not to make your life easier. Authentic and, let you know about and real. Your life easier. Yeah, and, and that's so that's, that's having that. That's really um, a, a beautiful thing in my mind. And um, and so we know it's. That's it, only going to continue. And the nice thing about having that transition before COVID. Is that people, now we when they have, have to continue to for a car that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then are going to just be, in be mindful in our attention. So our it's kind of not only you know, content messaging in our words, to what but that our actions follow that as well. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense, so and it echoes exactly the way that I feel. I think you've seen, you can see it in, you know, mm-hmm. you watch, just say, watch <laughs> an hour of national TV and watch, mm-hmm. you know, ads on TV. The messaging has changed where you said yes. authenticity. Hey, and guys and gals, it's Brett like Matthijs, the host of the Midwest so Marketing Podcast. People. I need right. you and to do me a favor really, really quick. I promise you it won't you know, take long. Like, However you listen to this here really, podcast, really, really go on to iTunes, Stitcher, you know, maybe it's on our website, whatever it is. They just go give us a five-star rating. See those stars? There's going to be five of them. Right down the middle. one furthest on the right-hand side. Click that one. Maybe write a few quick nice words about us. Unless you don't like us very much, then don't write anything at all. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Because people 
people can see, <laughs> customers can see right through it. They can see it right through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So be you, which is easy to do. You already know how to do that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just then thinking, how do I, how do I display that? How do I show that? How do, how, you know, in your story, you know, continue to tell your story from your vantage point, um, and, and don't pull any punches, just be real, be you, be authentic, um, but also understand what others are going through, what your clients are going through. Um, you know, a- acknowledging the new reality um, means that we need more compassion and less of the sales pitch. Yep, I think that is wonderfully well said, and I have absolutely nothing to add to it. It was so well said. Um, I have a John Maxwell quote, um, yeah. and I'll, and I'll share. Yeah, and I, I had it written down so I wouldn't fub it up. Um, so, uh, which I think is really fitting for this time. It says people pay attention when something is when something that is said connects with something they greatly desire. Let me reread that because I did flub it up. <laughs> people pay attention when something. I see. I just did it, Brett. People pay attention when something that is said connects with something they greatly desire. So, you know, which just confirms our notion of the buying cycles, like we talked about before, um, that people are, you you have to catch people when they're ready to buy. But you're also um, planting consistent seeds so that they'll remember you when it is time to buy. So right now is not the time to stop all your marketing. Yes, I agree. <laughs> right? Because you you still have to have that consistency, even in times of, of challenge. Now, ultimately, if, um, you know, you have to cut back the budget, you have to cut back the budget. Um, but you don't completely stop efforts because then then you actually lose ground um, in, in, in the future. Um, but, you know, planting those consistent seeds like you had before COVID needs to continue now. Yep, I agree. And as a marketing firm, you know, we are cognizant that yeah. budgets are tight. We understand that. We're not going to be like, you need to keep exactly what you're doing because you should never keep exactly what you're doing. You should always make adjustments and edit. But we also try to make sure that our clients aren't just stopping dead in their tracks, like you said, because then right. you're, you're, stopping dead in your tracks doesn't mean you stop and then you get to restart in the same spot. You move backwards, just like you said. So sure. maybe that messaging isn't the same. Maybe you're not reaching as many people because the budget's not quite there, mm-hmm. but do your best to try to get that message out. Even if it's something as simple as social media, everyone has the access to right. social media. Keep you know your messaging mm-hmm. up on there and you know supplement it with different little things that you can do just to spread your reach and spread your message. Amen. And social media is a great place to stand out to show that authenticity that we talked about. Um, there's great ways to, to continue that messaging and tell your story um, in that regard. And it's, you know, it's those companies that don't understand the value of marketing that are the ones to say, cut the whole budget, you know, let's stop marketing altogether. Um, and that's really a detriment to then, um, as, as we move past, um, you know, COVID and, and really trying to get back to 
um, some sense of normalcy, then you're even further behind the eight ball. Yep, absolutely. I agree 100%. So switching gears a little bit from that, this section of the podcast, I'm so excited for this. This is <laughs> I haven't been this excited in a long time. But so the first time ever, we're going to do a podcast speed round. The speed uh-oh, round uh-oh. was born out of the fact when I was sitting in one of my very first marketing meetings, I was like, man, there's a lot of acronyms and a lot of words that people would be like, what in the world does that mean <laughs> in the world of marketing? And I thought I thought that the the accounting world had a lot, but exactly. I think I think marketing we have them beat. I think we have, if not beat, we have them, you know, on the ropes. <laughs> we got them on the ropes. So what I'm going to do for Beth, as she is, you know, obviously steeped in marketing, is I'm going to give her different acronyms, different big scary marketing words, and she's going to give you the down and dirty, just simple explanations, yeah. layman's explanations uh, for what they mean, and you know how they can, you know, help your marketing or you know, affect your marketing in ways. So, right. All right. Ready? Yes, I think so. Okay, here I we hope go. so. Correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'll do my best. <laughs> so our first one is a two-parter. It's, let's start with SEO. When you hear the acronym yeah. SEO, what does that actually mean for people? That is search engine optimization. So what that means, it's the practice of optimizing your web content um, to rank more highly in organic searches mm-hmm. So ultimately, you're wanting to increase the the quantity and the quality of the traffic to your site. Yep, absolutely. I read a quote one time. No idea who said it. I wish I could give them the quote. But it said, uh, the second page of Google is now the dark web. So <laughs> SEO helps you get to the first page of Google. Yeah, there and, you go. And helps you rank high so that people can see your site and click on your site. Yes. Okay. What often gets paired with SEO Mm-hmm. And most people think they're the same exact thing as SEM. What is SEM and so how does it differ? That is search engine marketing. So that's the process of gaining website traffic by purchasing ads on search engines. Yep, for sure. So if you're like, a, a you know, going and you're searching, I need to find a dog collar. The first mm-hmm. like three or four that pop up, the right by their URL, it says ad in a little green box. That's SEM right there. Yeah. And somebody's paid for that. Exactly. That's not organic. Mm-hmm. So if you click on it, yeah, it's like marketing <laughs> at work. Um, all right. So next one, not an acronym, inbound marketing. What in the world is inbound marketing? Okay. So think of it as creating an online vacuum that sucks in qualified leads by helping them. Yeah. Well said. I, I agree. I agree yeah. with that 100%. I like visuals, yep. you know, because we're in marketing and yeah. I'm a visual learner. For so. Sure. Think of it as an online vacuum. And so that help, you know, can come in the forms of value in your newsletters and blogs and social media. Yep, 100% uh, moving on. Oh, wait, before we move on, I'll throw you a ringer. Okay. So um, compare, if we compared the inbound and the outbound marketing. Yes. So that might be confusing to some people. Um, What's interesting is that the inbound kind of reverses the relationship between the customer and the company. So the outbound marketing, you're really pushing products out through various channels. The inbound marketing creates awareness and attracts new customers with those channels like the, the you know, the blogs and the social media. Yep. I'm glad you brought that up. So yeah. yeah, outbound marketing, just one example would be like a television ad, like, Here's yeah. the thing, we got a sale going on. And you're on. pushing that out. Exactly. Where inbound marketing would be a blog that someone would find interesting. They go to the blog, they read the blog, right. then they're on your website, and then they click on a thing, then right. boom, boom, boom. And sale. they're coming into the blog to exactly. read it. So that again, I'm using visuals in and yes. out. Totally, <laughs> totally. 
Very good. All right. I said this word earlier in the yes. podcast. Hopefully I didn't confuse anybody, but what actually is analytics? Well, and you say analytics and I think instantly everyone thinks Google analytics. Sure. Um, and, and we touched on this, you know, I've, I've seen it in my 25 years in marketing. I've seen um, so much growth in data and analysis of the data and what's um, people can think of is that 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 data and analytics can help you know predict some of those consumer behaviors you kind of talked about the psychology of the sale but so using the data to predict those behaviors um, that helps improve the decision making for the business and also you know gives you your return on investment what is your ROI look like um, from the things that you're doing so so analyzing looking at the data there's so many tools now that you can use um, to give you that feedback but it really helps the business make decisions moving forward absolutely very well said righty. now on to our next uh, acronym CMS what is a CMS Yes, so that is Content Management System, and that's really a computer software or an application that uses a database to manage all the content um, typically used in designing websites. Yeah. So like our website is WordPress, so that would be, um, you know, it usually has an interface that's um, easy to use um, versus having to use coding. <laughs> yes, exactly. We all like it. an easy interface for right. websites because I, I have no idea what I'm doing with code. <laughs> um, okay, when someone says, you know, oh, they have a really high conversion rate, what yeah. is a conversion rate? So again, here's the, 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 the data and the math and the statistics coming into play is the percentage of visitors to your website that um, actually complete a desired goal. You know, they're going to your website and completing a desired goal, and that goal could be whatever you deem it to be. Um, maybe it's an online purchase. Maybe it is clicking on a particular link, going to a certain page. So whatever that goal is. So it's those the percentage of those visitors that are completing a goal um, divided by the total number of visitors is what gives you that conversion rate. And so if you have a high conversion rate, you know, that's really indicative of having some successful marketing um, and that people are finding what they need and purchasing. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I agree 100% on that definition. Uh, what is a landing page? You, you hear it a lot. Like, yeah. What actually is a, a landing, landing page? landing page and not the home page on your website, yes. the landing page. So in digital marketing, the landing page is really a standalone web page that's created specifically um, for a marketing or advertising campaign that you're trying to drive people to that landing page to really convert them to a lead. Yep. Awesome. That was quick and easy. I like that one. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> When someone says, oh, we're running retargeting ads, what <laughs> is retargeting in the world of marketing? Yeah, and it, um, funny because I remember one time a, a KT retargeting ad that had popped up one of our um, partners had gotten retargeted. <laughs> 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 so it was, it was, that was uh, a good example 
for them to understand what was what was happening. That they're like, hey, why is this? Why are these ads following me? Um, is sometimes those questions that that you get. But it um, it enables marketers to to deliver like personalized content to the users that have previously visited their websites. Yeah. So you already know it's someone that has interest. Yep, for sure. It's like just like you said, one for one of your partners, everyone's had the thing where it's like you're on a website and then you go to a different website yeah. and you're like, I was just looking at that shirt. How'd they know? <laughs> How'd That's they know? Marketing. They know. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, graphic design term mm-hmm. here. CMYK and RGB. They're two different things, yeah. but in the same vein. Right. And um, I, and I learned this early on um, coming out of, of college and, and going into um, agency work um, and working with printers. Um, this was something you learned early that the, they're both modes of mixing color in graphic design. So RGB refers to the primary colors of light. So RGB stands for red, green, and blue. And then, um, and mostly associated with digital work. So CMYK refers to primary colors of pigment. So cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. Um, they use K for black instead of B. I know, it really throws <laughs> people off if yeah. you're not used to it. Yeah, because B is blue. So yeah. ble- uh, B already was claimed by blue. So Next the, K, best thing. the K. K is the K is black, but um, so the CMYK is associated with printing, with physical printing products. Sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then uh, our very last one, CPC. What does CPC stand for? So yeah, say it three times fast. Yeah, exactly. It's tough. <laughs> I could hardly make it yeah. through one. Cost per click is what that stands for, and it's um, a paid advertising term. Uh, where an advertiser pays a cost to a publisher for every click on an ad. And sometimes sometimes it's also known as PPC is pay-per-click, um, but it's basically used to determine the cost of um, showing users an ad on a search engine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There we go. You made it through. <laughs> Take a breath. Did I, did I get an A? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Hopefully that made sense to everyone and having those definitions. Mm -hmm. I think that was great. Awesome. We need to make that a full-time segment. That was wonderful. That was fun. (laughs) So anyway, uh, obviously, like you said, you have a lot of experience in marketing. In your time in the marketing world, what was just like one thing where it's like, wow, that changed and who would have ever guessed we would have been here as marketers? Well, as I mentioned before, being a lifelong learner (laughs) and a daughter of educators, um, that foundation really had served me well because I've seen so many changes over the last 25 years. Um, and uh, knowing that the learning didn't quit, you know, after school um, and having that mindset and that foundation that um, there's always going to be, you know, new things to learn um, but they were exciting, you know, that, that like we said, the technology and the science of things. Um, I was already interested in the industry and what was happening. So I, I had a natural desire to understand how that all worked. Um, and I, <laughs> I laugh <laughs> thinking about um, coming out of college 
And so in 1992, we still had um, computer labs. I had a computer lab in elementary school. That was like a thing. <laughs> we would go to the computer lab and learn how to type. Right? Yeah. So imagine the college library, and there's a whole line of students, and we lined ourselves to sit on the floor outside of the of the computer lab waiting for the next computer available so that I could do uh, my graphic design homework, you know, on Quark Express and PageMaker. <laughs> yeah, it's a different programs. Yeah, and um, one of the first agency that I worked for um, in in 1996, we had one email address for the whole company. For the whole, <laughs> for the whole firm, and you know, it, it just it was like just rolling out, and and so the owner's like, okay, I'm gonna get, you know, I guess I have to do this. So he had one email address. And part of my job was to check that email address once a week. That's baffling. (laughs) Once a week, and it gets better. If there were any emails, what I needed to do was I would print them out and take them to the recipient. (laughs) Right? It totally defeats the point. It really does. So (laughs) it hurts my head. When you talk about big changes in marketing, everyone, you know, it's the typical graphic design, digital, but that right there, just the basic, that's the most interesting one I've heard because, (laughs) yeah, I mean, just, I can't even imagine, you know, the whole company, just think how many emails we get in a day and how nuts Dawn would go the way I manage my email with her email (laughs) and we would be trying to share the same one. Right. Yeah, I can't, yeah, and I mean, initially... You know, I check it. Yeah, it started off just checking it once a week. I can't remember how many we'd have. I mean, it was very few, you know. Huh. Man, that's super interesting. So Isn't not, that hilarious? Oh, it's, I just still, I can't even wrap my head around it. So. Well, and I think if I told my 25-year-old self, you know, what things would look like now, I mean, just from the standpoint of, the digital marketing and the analytics and um, not being able to survive without your cell phone and the impact that it would have on daily life. Like, I don't, I don't know that I would be able to fully, fully have wrapped my head around it then because you couldn't see it, feel it, touch it. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to believe I'm looking in the opposite way. Right. Where I, I kind of right. grew up in the age where it's like cell phones became pretty hot when I was right. in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Like everyone had a phone by the time yeah. I was in ninth grade. And so it always baffled me. It's like, okay, say you go out someplace, like you go to the bar with your buddies and you know, you lose Tim. Like, where did Tim go? It's like, <laughs> well, we'll just call him. It's like right. back in the day, Tim just like off to his own devices because he can't call Tim because he doesn't have a cell phone. Well, it's yeah. just like the communication aspect is so, it's just immediate now. Yeah, so wrap your head around this. So in the 80s, you know, we were going, as a teenager, going to hang out at the mall. Yep. And, you know, if we couldn't drive yet, mom or dad's dropping you off, and you had a set time, like meeting, okay, girlfriends, you're calling ahead, I'll meet you there at 2, we're going to hang out, and then my mom's going to pick us up at 4. <laughs> You know, so you didn't have, yeah. And you better be there at four. And you better yeah. be there at four. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's just like, it's, just, it's so crazy. Wow. So now that we have phones and yeah. personal email addresses, next, 
thing do you think i mean like you said you would have never guessed 25 years ago we'd be at where we are now so it's kind of a, a crapshoot where in the world we're going to end up but if you had to make a guess where do you think marketing will be in 15 20 years what's going to be like the next big thing that we got to figure out um so yeah there's there's several things we know that um like voice search and paid voice search you know is already really starting to to hit so obviously that's just going to continue to evolve um you know with with video as much as video has grown over the last couple of years that's only going to continue to to skyrocket so um i think what what uh tools and resources there will be um to make it even easier for the novice person to to have you know to do videography um I think there's there's already several tools out there, but I think that's just gonna continue to to grow and be more mainstream, um, so that you know there it makes it even easier for the end user um, to use the cool tools and and push it out on on every channel that they can, um, and. You know, we talk about AI all the time, artificial intelligence, but again, the technology is just going to continue to improve. So what that means is what resources and um, options are there that the computer can do for me that I don't have to do? Um, you know, and, we're, and, and the accounting world, for example, you know, that's, that's really taking a stronghold too. So, you know, your computer is crunching the numbers, but you still have to have your CPA there to tell you what those numbers mean. Yep, so, sure. it, so instead of transactional, it's more, it's even more consultation um, is what, what the value is. So that's really going to change for all industries on, um, you know, what that, what that value proposition is to the client. It may not have been the same as it was previously. So messaging is going to change for, for businesses in that regard. Yeah. I think, like I said, that's an impossible question for me to ask you because who knows? I mean, we can kind of yeah, see where we think sure. it might go, but something might come out where it's like, this is the new, you know, <laughs> it's, it, I'm interested to see where it will go. I think, and as you said, you know, continuing to learn and continuing to adapt and be open to new information as it comes is going to be very, very important here as we continue to move forward, just like it always has been. Well, and I think that's the key is you have to have an open mind and you have to continue to educate yourself. And, you know, there's no there's no way for you to know everything. You know, we'd like to to do that. But again, you have everyone kind of has their specialty. Um, just like, again, the accountants, it used to be back in the day, you know, you'd have the one-man CPA shop, um, and and he or she could know most things. Um, now, with the extent of tax reform um, and and PPP loans and um, things with our government changing day by day, like you need somebody that can 
understand that and consult with you to, to give you direction. And not one person can know all that. So, you know, having a team of, you know, 100 staff, um, 17 partners and, you know, 55 CPAs, well, okay, there's some expertise there. So just as um, I can't do all aspects, I'm a department of one and a half myself. <laughs> Tanya, my yeah. partner in crime yeah, there at KT, she is amazing, um, but I have to share her with, with HR. Um, but yeah, so we're a department of one and a half. We can't do everything that we need to do to execute the marketing. So you know, we, we use the team here, you and Todd and Megan and um, our integral part of, you know, helping. And so we rely on your expertise in the areas that, that we're not as strong in. Yeah, which we appreciate and love working with you guys, of course. So I suppose, oh, I sound like my mom right there. <laughs> I, suppose. Now, I don't say that in a bad way. My mom is great. I love my mom. But that's like, the, well, I suppose we should. Yeah, that's, but yeah, anyway. So I suppose as we wrap it up here, is there any last minute thoughts that we can, you know, make sure we want to deliver before we, you know, shut the machine down and post this thing? Yeah, a couple of things. So the looking for those, those resources that can help you. So um, things are changing quickly. You have to educate yourself, tap into those people who, um, are, you know, are experts in, in those areas um, we mentioned uh, AAF AdFed, um, so visiting their website and and looking at that programming because they have monthly programming on hot topics within the inter- industry. So those are great educational opportunities. Um, LinkedIn, uh, you know, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn and check out um, the the groups and the influencers that I follow. Um, but that is a great resource again, to kind of tap into different industries and topics that you're interested in um, to learn more. So I would say, you know, continue to seek out those resources and um, it never stops taking as much as you can and learn as much as you can because that's only going to better yourself and and better your company. Um, And, you know, you, one, one other thing that I tell everyone is no matter what business that you're in, whatever title that you have, um, we are all in the relationship building business. And I, you know, I say that because um, the interactions, that client relationship, those touches with clients and prospects, every, every one of those, it matters. It needs to be, it needs to be intentional. You need, you have opportunity to learn from each of those touches and what you can learn then kind of takes you on that next step. Yep. I agree. I think the relationship business is, is a wonderful, wonderful way to put that. And if someone needs Cato to do their taxes, it's ktllp.com, right? Yes. So go to the website. <laughs> you can find them on social media. And like Beth said, find her on LinkedIn. She posts a bunch of good stuff, um, all that jazz. I find everybody everywhere nowadays. So, yeah. 
anyway, I guess I don't have much to add. You did a great job. Um, I appreciate nice. you coming on. So thank you yeah, so much for, for talking with me. I think uh, people talk shop. will learn a little bit. Yeah, talking shop is great <laughs> for sure. And uh, other than that, thanks for listening, guys.